Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode six of the Never Ending Glory podcast. I am your host, Luke Grilly, and as always, I'm here with my co-host, Jerry Burris. What's up? Hi, Jer. How are you? Good. Beautiful day in Boston. We had another Red Sox win, six and one on this homestand. Double-digit runs yet again. Nice uh, 60 and blustery today, and I have my bottle of Sam Summer cracked and open, ready to talk sports with you, Jer. What's well, up with you? We had a little snow today. It's May in Cleveland. We had some snow, so very interesting day. But um, here we have a special topic we're going to talk to about today and a special guest as well. Uh, good friend of mine from way back in the day, all the way back to elementary school, possibly middle school for sure. Um, do you want to do the introductions here? Well, he thought you were a big loser in elementary school, and eventually you guys became friends in Who middle didn't? school. So, Who didn't? Um, I'd love to introduce this guy. This guy, and the, the words of the famous John Gruden, is uh, a gentleman I met through the league from the Ville as he grew up with you, Louis Villians. Nicholas Ween Schillig. Welcome to the Never Ending Glory podcast. Welcome. Uh- Guys, it's it's quite the pleasure to be joining you today. It's actually an honor for you to be joining us, but that's fine. <laughs> and you know what? It's actually an honor for you to be taking time out of your day to visit with us and to talk with us because you are a three-time league champion of the league from DeVille. Uh, can you take me back? What was probably your favorite championship team that you had? Uh, it was probably my first one when I uh, – Really screwed over Nick Vernon on a trade, and uh, the person you're never supposed to trade with, I did. Um, Adrian Peterson and Matt Forte were my running backs. Uh, Antonio Gates was my tight end, and the one good year Jay Cutler had happened to be the year he was on my team. Perfect. And then Andre Johnson, his breakout year, was one of my wide receivers. So that was one of the years where pretty much I went uh, wire to wire that year. So it's always good to to remember those the years that you won and to have the exact specifics. You know, I remember my first year in the league. I won with David Silky Garrard as my quarterback. So, um, but I, I will mention that your three champions are three championships are three more than Sean, Mark, and Jerry combined. Right? Combined, yes. Oh yes. wow. Well, I, well, let's take it back because we have to preface that. This is combined with in the um, the era of the last thirteen years when it was uh, the internet was being used um, and the, the transactions weren't out of Mark's locker. So I have to mention <laughs> that because if I don't, I'll get a whole rash of shit from Mark. But oh, come on, Grilly! No, that's not true. <laughs> you know that, Grilly? Come on, come on. So I had to mention that. But Nick's on for a special reason. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Nick in Akron. He is a connoisseur of all things gambling and WWE related, so that is a um, a nice little segue into what we're going to be talking about today. Um, we'll get back to that soon, but first, let's mention where you can find us. You can find us on Twitter at Glory Podcast. On Facebook, search for Never Ending Glory Podcast. We'll be posting every time that we release a new podcast. Um, also some things going on sports related you can find that information on twitter and facebook of course please we're, we're asking for the hate mail uh neg podcast at gmail.com and newly released last week was our website uh, we're starting a new blog it's a companion blog where we'll mention all of our different posts and give a nice rundown for what we've talked about um but we'll also in between podcast episodes because 
these take a little bit a little bit of time to record and some scheduling. Um, we'll also try to hit on some of the breaking news or fantasy football rankings or different things going on in the sports and entertainment world. So, um, but real quick, uh, a game did go on tonight. Game seven of the Eastern Conference semifinals between Toronto and Miami. The winner of that game moved on to face the the Cleveland Cavaliers in the Eastern Conference Finals on Tuesday. And, uh, of course, Kyle Lowry and the Toronto Raptors were able to get it done, and they took down Dwayne Wade and the Miami Heat. So we know who the Cavs are playing on Tuesday. It should be a really exciting series. Hopefully. <laughs> um, <laughs> I doubt it. I say that's probably. Uh, and we'll talk okay. a little bit more about that later on this week, but we did obviously want to touch on that. Um Nick, did you notice a few things during that game that pointed out to you? Uh, to Toronto's you? not good. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, uh, th- th- this is going to be five games at best. To- um, okay. If you notice, Toronto, um, the worst shot in basketball is about two feet inside the three-point line. They take about 80 a game, it feels like. So one of those games, they'll hit a couple of those, so they might sneak one here or there, but it's over in five. Okay, okay. Jer, notice anything about, the, about that game? I'm going to second that. They take a lot of inefficient twos. But the one thing that really stuck out to me is how, um, how should I put this, douchey the Toronto crowd is with their We Are the North crap. And my favorite guy was a guy you mentioned, actually, in the show notes, the, uh, the, the guy in the turban sitting underneath the hoop with the vintage T-Mac jersey on. I love the old-school Raptors logo, though. So I would have to give him credit on that. That was something that really stuck out to me. But I just can't stand Toronto fans. I don't like Canadians. Let's just get that out of the way. I'd say Cavs in four. We're going to play 12 games going into the finals. Here, here's, my, here's my question. If you're irrelevant for 20 years and you have all this time to pick up a nickname, We the North is the best you come up with over 20 years? It's definitely, it's, it's definitely a take on the the North kind of in the Game of Thrones stance. That's just my guess. They're like, wow, that's popular. Let's try to piggyback on the most popular show on HBO. I agree with you on that one, Jer. Um, I also think that, you know, what else they got to do up in Canada? I mean, come on now. They, let me get excited about something. I mean, a national hero for that country is Drake. So, and Toronto is like one of the thing. most southernmost cities in their whole country. So it's a little, uh, it's a little backwards there. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, but they are the probably the most northern team in the NBA. But actually, they might be a little south than New York or Boston. But I don't know. I'm not good at geography. It was in like clearly. Seattle. Oh wait, they lost their team. Never mind. No, no. Oh, no. boom roasted, boom roasted. But I gotta say, my favorite thing about that game is just seeing all the vintage T Mac and Vince Carter jerseys in the crowd. Uh, I, I liken myself as a vintage mid '90s basketball jersey connoisseur. So um, when I see the T Mac and the McGrady, those are two white whales that I have not added to my collection just yet. Uh, one thing I always notice about that, though, especially I think it was probably when the team first came into um, into reality. I think it was like '95. Um, the the Raptor on the front was huge. Yeah. I mean, it, it was sewn on, so it's it's a little bit more bulky than the rest of the jersey. But that had to have been super uncomfortable. And, you know, it took him a few years to finally uh, sh- shrink that Raptor. But that had been very uncomfortable while trying to play a basketball game. I'm sure it scratched your chest all up, and, you know, a little chafing on the nip never is good for anybody. And this is before the days of Under Armour compression shirts underneath. So those Canadians, really, you're right. They had it ass backwards going on. They did. They should have been wearing sweaters. (laughs) 
<laughs> so we're going to talk about uh, the Eastern Conference Finals. We'll preview that along with the Western Conference Finals, which is again which is between Oklahoma City and Golden State. That'll be a very very exciting series. So we'll we'll talk about those series later on this week. Uh, tonight, you know, like we mentioned, we brought we brought Ween in for a very important reason. Jerry and I came up with this genius idea of doing a fantasy draft, a fantasy mock draft tonight. More specifically, because we're children and we want to look back <laughs> on our past. This is the Never Ending Glory podcast, so we very frequently talk about how pa- our past and how great it was. Uh, we're going to do a WWE fantasy draft. And not only is this WWE, this is pretty much any wrestler growing up. Um, obviously, WCW is no longer a thing. It's been absorbed by the WWE. So all wrestlers are in play. It's going to be really fun trip down memory lane as we talk about some of the older wrestlers that we grew up watching and that we thought were probably you know the coolest guys ever and then looking back on it now that we're adults we're like that was very racist (laughs) Um, (laughs) so so this is gonna be fun we're gonna do a snaking order and we're gonna figure out that order very soon uh both ween and burris are going to pick a number and if they get it right then they have the first pick or whoever's closest has the first pick so snaking order so if you have the first pick in the first round you will have the last pick in the second round etc etc the goal here is is you have to draft your best possible lineup in whatever order you prefer so we have a bunch of different positions we have face heel tag team icon romance manager faction slash group gimmick mid-car guy champion so not an icon but one of those guys who's always a contender but never ever popped as just the the true legend and icon of that era um heel turn and then we're going to finish it up with personal favorite wrestler so there are a few rules here of course because we have to have some sort of rule i guess i don't know (laughs) for that one but guidelines loose guy a semblance a semblance there you go um if a wrestler is taken in one position they cannot be taken in another so for example Jerry cannot draft the Undertaker as a heel after I've drafted him as an icon. So once that player is gone, they're gone. Um, also, if a wrestler, wrestler is part of a tag team, so Typhoon, a.k.a. Tugboat from the natural, natural Disasters, if he's taken as part of a tag team, he cannot be taken as a heel. So keep that in mind, Jerry and Nick. If you guys mess up, we'll keep a, That doesn't count as like somebody for a faction or a group, though, right? Correct, yeah. Okay. Faction groups totally different. Um, so, for example, if you pick X-Pac as your face for some god-awful reason, um, <laughs> you can still choose the, the DX. All so. Right. so, all right, so that's how we're going to do this. We're going to figure out the order right now, and, and Jerry's going to keep track of everybody that's picked. Um, and we'll go over our teams after we're done, and we can kind of talk about who we think did well, who we think sucked, and, you know, obviously just berate each other as a, uh, accordingly. So... Uh, Nick, you are our guest. I want you to think of a number between one and ten. I'm going to go with seven. Okay, Jerry, four, four. Okay, Nick, the number was eight. So you win. You have the first pick. Okay, now Jerry, you have to pick a number between one and ten. If you are, how are we going to do this? Let's see. If you are within three. You can have the second pick. If you're not within three, I get the second pick. What if I don't want the second pick? I want to have the snake turn around at three. It's my See, and that's what you and that's what you do in fantasy football drafts, and you suck. You've never made the playoffs, so don't do that shit. But is that what you want? That's what I want. Okay, you got three then. There I you go. Three. I'm two. Right. You got three. So perfect, Nick. 
congratulations. You have the first pick. You can pick whatever position you want. Uh, there's no – so another thing, you know, if Nick wants to pick a face with his first overall pick and I want to pick a group, we can do that. So it doesn't matter how we do it. It's just like a fantasy football draft. So, Nick, whenever you're ready. All right, let me make you all upset. I'm going to take Icon for my first pick, okay, and nice. it's going to be The Undertaker. Okay. Oh, all Great right. pick. So I actually I thought of, I thought of the Undertaker as one of my icons, but I don't have him in my top three. I actually had him as number four. Um, oh, yeah. And I mean, don't get me wrong, the Undertaker's amazing. He's got the longevity. He's got the streak that eventually came to a close. Of what was it, twenty one, Nick? That's correct. Twenty one and one now, or twenty two and one. Twenty two and one in the in WrestleMania, which is pretty amazing. So um, I, I thought of him. I had the second pick, Icon. It's like having picking your RB one here. Getting your icons like getting Adrian Peterson, so I'm gonna go with Hulk Hogan as my number one icon. Wow. I mean, the, the guy not only transcended wrestling, he's also a sex tape guy. I was getting there. Okay, <laughs> first I was gonna say he's a pop culture icon. Um, three, he's got a ten inch hog apparently um, that was caught on camera, and also I think Brooke Hogan's hot, so I'm going with it. Okay. Um, I don't know I what to argue. say to that. Yeah, I don't know what to say to that either. He was also one heck of a uh, actor. Suburban Commandos, a great film. Well, well, didn't he have another one, uh, Mr. Mom or uh, The Mr. Nanny or Nanny. something like that? Mr. Mr. Nanny. Nanny. Yes. Wow. Oh, jeez. Hulkster, baby. Well, at my next two picks, let's talk about – I'm going to go away from the icon position. I'm going to go with um, Champion first. I'm going to go with Champion. And so I have a guy here who is – undoubtedly one of the better if not one of the top five wrestlers of all time from my least favorite country canada i have brett the hitman Hart at my champion Ah. Um, what a pick he intercontinental heavyweight champion you know he's had multiple runs he was a tag team champion he's he's always had a belt around his waist with um either the Hart foundation family members or as a singles wrestler and to this day, still has one of my favorite wrestling matches ever from WrestleMania 13 against Stone Cold Steve Austin in the submission match. Um, so that's my third pick, and my for my fourth pick. Well, real real quick about okay. Bret Hart too. What was you know, and again as a an adult looking back, and and Schilling introduced me to the WWE Network, which is just which is fantastic. Um, I looked back on an old match. I think that he fought with Mr. Perfect. I think it was WrestleMania eight and the technical skills that not only Mr. Perfect had, but also that Bret Hart had were unbelievable. I mean, the the, watching these two fight and just the different technical moves they made, it's a lot different than the high flying guys like the Hardy boys or, or all that stuff. And, uh, it's just so much fun to, it's so much different now as an adult to appreciate Mm -hmm. how good, technically that he was so i think that's a great pick he was he was my choice for champion um i'm gonna have to look for something else there well let me get my fourth pick out of the way here and then uh i think i'm gonna take this might be the first reach but i love this guy and i want to make sure that nobody else can use him uh for my heel i'm gonna go with cm punk and here's why okay he is my favorite one of my favorite wrestlers of all time it's a great um, pick because <laughs> He did a, such a great job of playing foil to John Cena for so long, uh, almost two years those guys went at it. 
He's um, really, really been a, a great worker in, in the ring and on the mic. Dropped the pipe bomb, obviously. And I put his mic skills up there with somebody like The Rock. It's just a different style, and it's more based in you know what's actually going on and not just doing the same catchphrases over and over again. I also love what he does when he's in his region of Chicago. Those Chicago crowds have some of the biggest pops you'll see in any other place in America. It's, it's insane. I love the, that place, and I love that wrestler. So I think I started off my team pretty uh, pretty strong here with those two guys. So, Burris, CM, I can't, can't agree more, Burris. Uh, CM Punk was my number two heel. Obviously, I'll probably get my number one heel. When it comes to him, he's the number two person on the mic. And as I'm going to say throughout all this, I think mic skills are way more important than ring skills when it comes to your longevity in WWE. So, oh, sure. Yeah, I, de- I definitely agree with that pick. All right. Okay, well, I'm, gonna, I'm going to um, – I'm going to ruffle somebody's feathers here. Um, hopefully <laughs> yours, Burris, is because this guy could probably con- be considered an icon, but if you're not going to take him as an icon, I'm going to take him as a face. All right. I'm going to take the most electrifying man in entertainment, The Rock. In entertainment, the Rock is, yes. And not only sports entertainment, but just entertainment now. Back in you know the mid-2000s, it was, it was, enter- it was sports entertainment, but now... This guy is just killing it. He's making hits like Fast and Furious. He's making duds like San Andreas, but getting like thirty million bucks for it. So uh, I like he's San come Andreas. back. Oh, San Andreas was probably one of the worst movies I've seen in a long it's time. A good, it's any, watchable. Any any single uh, prototypical thing that could happen in a disaster movie happened in that movie. It's just like it was just so cookie cutter. I, I hated that movie, <laughs> but but I'll tell you what. I'll tell you probably the most underrated movie that he's ever been in. Is Gridiron Gang okay? That what? that movie, yes, that movie was on FX in like 2008 through 2010, um, at least once a month. And when I remember, I'll never forget this. I was living in Boston, my my roommate Goldberg, who will be on this podcast um, later on in the, the series. And it, it became kind of a, re- a recurring joke, like, "Hey, you want to go out tonight?" No, uh, Gridiron Gang's on at ten o'clock on FX. <laughs> yeah, it was just like it, it was. I just I loved watching that movie. You know, you got eight eight, and uh, you had Fast Willie, and oh, such a such a hit. So, anyways, uh, right. we we all know that what The Rock can do in the ring. Um, speaking of people who are great on the mic, I think that The Rock's probably going to be number one on the mic. But I'll let I'll let Ween talk about that after this. Um, but also just his his role in just entertainment as a whole. I think this guy is just a a legend in wrestling. So I'm starting my draft off with Hulk Hogan and the rock, which is pretty damn good. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. If if I had to rank Mike skills, it would be rock CM Punk and we'll probably get to him later, but uh, I have somebody else third as well. So I agree with that. So now it is my pick. Um, since I had him listed kind of high as icon, I'm going to go down to my champion and pick the 18-time world champion, Ric Flair. Woo! I was going to ask for the woo, but I thought I was going to get it. So that you know, there was, um, you know, 18-time champion. He's kind of upsetting me now because he keeps you know hanging around, and Charlotte doesn't need him. You know. I know you're you know, a big you're a big fan of the women wrestling. So you think Charlotte doesn't need her athletic abilities to stand on her own? Yeah, because forever now she'll be known as Ric Flair's daughter, not right. as Charlotte the wrestler. So he, I mean, just cash in the four hundred one k man. 
and you go, go buy you know a house by the beach and just be done with it. Okay, I I don't know why he keeps dragging on, but I can't deny between the four horsemen and eighteen time champion. Uh, listing him as my champion, so I'm starting off with The Undertaker and Ric Flair, which strong, wraps up two. Which coming back to you? How much, how much cocaine do you think that Ric Flair's done in his life? <laughs> Answer <laughs> a lot. Okay, would you start That body is ridiculous. All right, I'm going to go to face. And if somebody would have said we're doing a. WWE draft, and I get with the seventh pick, my face. Oh, I know who you're taking already. Is Stone Cold Steve Austin. God, you took my guy. Now, here's the thing. Um, Some people don't know, he started off as the ringmaster. Yes, the ringmaster. It didn't work or whatnot. So, they went back to the roots and be like, you know what we should have him do? We should have him be exactly himself. A redneck Texan (laughs) that drinks and kicks a lot of ass. And it worked out. So uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin I'll take as my face there uh, To start off the third round Nick, I got a question for you Of these guys that are already listed up here um, Have you ever watched any of the specials On the WWE Network? You know, it's kind of like the the biographical specials I think by far Stone Cold's is the best But is is there anybody else on this list That's that's up there? Um, Off the top of my head what am I thinking What's about? the best special you've seen them do? I think Stone Cold is number I, one I, by far. Yeah, I do like I do like Stone Cold. So I'm waiting for CM Punk's to come out, which might never come out. It did. But, uh, it did. It came out a couple years ago, and then they totally have gotten rid of it. You have to okay. get it on DVD now. All right. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go you to your know, local library. I'm sure they have it there. Twenty nine ninety nine. So uh, with my pick in the third round, I'm going to go with. Probably the most recognized and my favorite face heel turn. Um, this guy went from a face to a heel in Survivor Series when his fellow partner, Marty Jannetty, when he's part of the Rockers, uh, Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty were fighting the Nasty Boys in one of the Survivor matches. Obviously, Luke and Butch from the Bushwhackers got knocked out right away. I always had, I always liked Luke from the Bushwhackers because he had my name, but God, that guy sucked at wrestling. Um <laughs> But like I remember, there's one time in the Royal Rumble, like he walked in and did this whole like you know bushwalker bushwhacker walk, and he he gets into yeah. the the ring, and literally two seconds later, knocked out. Here so. comes Luke. There goes Luke. I believe is exactly. what the call said. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, just about. So um, it was the Rockers and the Bushwhackers versus the Nasty Boys, and I want to say the Natural Disasters, but I can't remember off the top of my head. And something along the lines where Marty Jannetty picked up one of the Nasty Boys, and he kicked, uh, the one of the Nasty Boys kicked Shawn Michaels in the head by accident, and Shawn Michaels got knocked out, and he got pissed off because he thought Marty Jannetty turned on him. Well, that wasn't the case. Poor Marty Jannetty was like, no, I didn't do it. Look at my beautiful mullet. I didn't, why would I do that to you? And um, at that point, Shawn Michaels was like, well, screw you. I hope you get the shit kicked out of you by the Nasty Boys. Eventually, the Nasty Boys did win the um, the match. And the next night, Marty Jannetty got thrown through the glass by Shawn Michaels on the Bruce the Beefcake um, barber's barber little shop. sideshow there. Barbershop and a little sideshow there. So that heel turn was not only huge because it broke up a fast and exciting um, tag team, but it also pretty much started the career, of, solo career of one of the greatest wrestlers ever. So um, Shawn, Shawn Michaels, Michaels heel turn is the, the sexy boy, um, the heavenly body, 
Uh, I remember being eight years old when he got thrown through that plate glass, and I was a big Rockers fan, and that really was the first time that wrestling ever devastated me as a viewer. Um, and my parents actually had to ground me from the watching it. Um, and my dad screaming, it's fake, it's fake, it's fake. And me crying, <laughs> no, it's not, no, it's not. So that was a big, that was a seminal moment in, my, in um, a young man's life. Well, well, we'll also tweet out the picture of you in your wrestling singlet when you were uh, when you were not, eight. Let's, so. just, no, let's <laughs> just not do that. Okay, let's just stop. I'm right surprised there. there's a clean cut boy like you like the rockers though. You know they the, the the neon with the mullets. That's just uh, wasn't up your stuff. I had a mullet growing up, so I actually could feel like I could relate to them. I well, was, the, the rockers were soft and never won a title, so it's right down Burrs' alley. <laughs> <laughs> Overrated is the story of my life. All right. <laughs> Speaking of overrated, I've got my turn now, and I've got a guy that everyone's overrate overrates in a big way. But I loved him as a as a face, and since two of my faces have been taken, I've got to go with this one. Uh, I'm going to go with the the Super Jew Goldberg as my face. Um, nobody had a more mysterious backstage presence and walk out to the ring like he did, and just almost like Ultimate Warrior in the way he destroyed human beings in the ring in like under 30 seconds. And as a impressionable middle schooler, he was by far my favorite guy. He had the football ties. He had the spear. He had the, the, the pile or the, um, um, sledgehammer pile driver, whatever the name of the, the move was. He was my favorite by far, um, for a long run too. And I was more of a WCW guy in middle school during the whole attitude era. I would tape raw and watch WCW live. I would watch uh, Nitro live. Um, so I'm going to go with them. But here is where I make my money. I'm going with this group as my faction. Also in WCW, I'm going to go with the new, 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 new world order. NWO, <laughs> Hulk Hogan, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, Randy Savage, The Giant, Scott Steiner, X-Pac, Buff Bagwell, Dennis Rodman. Rick Rude, Conan, Mr. Perfect, and countless others. They literally just started adding everybody to the roster at one point. Um, NWO was one of the greatest ideas to ever get ripped off from a Japanese wrestling thing and then used in America and was an amazing run on uh, the Turner Network, WCW. So I'm going to go with them as my faction. What are your thoughts on my two picks here? Well, Jared, I, I just got to say something because, I mean, obviously NWO, that's that's – Borderline first round pick worthy. I mean, NWO is fantastic. Um, one thing you mentioned, though, you just mentioned all their names, and it's amazing the transition from WWF slash WWE and WCW that just the back and forth that went on. And I mean, how did the WCW mess up so bad when you had a roster of, you know, Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage? Uh, they had you mentioned X Pac, who they they took from WWF, uh, Mister Perfect, all these guys who were w- WWF guys, and they were big WWF guys. Go to WCW; they're part of the biggest group, and all of a sudden, you know, next thing you know, WCW is is bankrupt. So it's it's amazing. I always always find that interesting how the, the wrestlers went from they'd finish their contract with one company, then go to the other, and it was always like a back and forth. It was almost kind of like double A or triple A to, to the major leagues. So well, it's, but it's, I, I it mean, comes down to money completely. They were paying three times the contract um, in some instances, and if you watch like some of those documentaries, like on the Monday Night Wars, and I know Nick will back me up here, like it just straight came down to the amount of money they were getting per year. 
Well, yeah, I mean, it was that and the Stone Cold versus Vince McMahon is the greatest feud of all time, in my opinion. And that was going on at the same time, and they just really couldn't compete with that as well. Along with, for some God knows reason, Mick Foley was huge at that time. So, you know, the whole Mankind Mick Foley thing when he became champion, it really just, you know, devastated them as well. So, you know, I'm almost of the conspiracy theory that Vince McMahon actually owned WCW at the same time. And they actually, you know, he almost actually paid off WCW to almost compete with them back and forth and eventually take them over. So <laughs> that is that, that is some Zapruder film stuff there. That, that, that's my thing, because the, the rosters were pretty similar and WCW's was actually better. So I'm still mind baffled of how that happened, as, as Luke mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Whose pick so, is it here, Grilly? It's my pick. My pick. Uh, it's now my fourth pick. Uh, I'm going back. I'm looking over my list right now. Who I want to, who I want to pick. Do I pick my heel? Do I pick my tag team? Unfortunately, I cannot pick one of my tag teams that I wanted to take. I did want to take, um, the brothers of destruction, Kane and undertaker. That would have been fun, but I can't do that because we already took undertaker. I think that pick would have definitely put, put the, uh, giving the, giving me the leg up. So I think I'm going to follow Burris's lead and I'm going to pick a group here. And I have to pick Degeneration X. Absolutely. The, that group and suck it, you know, was a common phrase I yelled in eighth grade. <laughs> I remember, I remember suck it actually got banned from our classroom in middle school. If we, if we said it, we got in school suspension. Um, but you know, you had, you had X-Pac, you had triple H, you had, um, uh, badass Billy Gunn. You had the road dog, um, eventually at China. I mean, that crew was just, they, they, they caused hell in the WWE or the WWF during the attitude era. And they kind of really, they, they just kind of made it. So it was weird. Like you had that transition on TV where everything was nice and pure. Then all of a sudden you got these roided up freaks yelling for people to suck their dicks. And <laughs> no, they never said it. They never no, said no, it. They, they, they were alluding to it. So, um, I have to take DX here. It might bite me in the ass later on, but because uh, I, I did have this one pick that's kind of a sleeper that I, I hope does not get picked, and um, but we'll see what what Shilly picks here. All right, Shill, go ahead. So, uh, just to uh, kind of explain the rules here, faction and individuals do uh, do not we can duplicate those, correct? Correct. Yeah. Correct. All right. Well, I am up then with the wraparound. Uh, my First pick here will be kind of a romance twist to uh, get him on my team. I'm going to go with the romance, the power couple, Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. Great pick. Great pick. So I'm taking Triple H there just so I get him in a kind of different category. Uh, They're the power couple now. You know, have been for about 10 years. Triple H has, you know, 13-time champion. You know, I can go on and on. He's been successful as a heel and a face, which – um, the, the biggest way to get longevity in the WWE is to be a heel and do it so well that you become a face. Yeah. That's, you know, that's triple H that's CM Punk, you know, where, where they hate you so much, they eventually have to love you. And that's kind of where uh, triple H falls into play. So I will take him there. Well, real, real quick, shell two things about triple about the romance. I want to talk about. Yes. Number one, triple H. I hate him, but I love him. I hate him because I hated uh, Hunter Hearst Helmsley. I, I wanted to slap that friggin' little 
loser Brit or whatever he played the little uh, I hated him Um, but he is from Bedford New Hampshire so you know being from New Hampshire we have to kind of pick and choose we don't have a lot of celebrities okay so (laughs) other other than syrup what's that other than syrup but go ahead right but so when we get a celebrity we get pretty we get pretty pumped about it so i have to respect him for that i also have to respect stephanie mcmahon because when she had the nip slip that one time when we were like 14 that might have been the greatest thing ever so um and i also remember the the love triangle maybe you guys should call it a love square between uh triple h china stephanie stephanie mcmahon and test so t- rest in peace test in china yeah um th- that was real life triple h broke up with china for stephanie mcmahon but i remember being a kid and being like wait a minute so stephanie's gonna marry test but now wait she's gonna divorce him for for triple h like that's so mean like what the hell i actually believed in that whole love story because i knew that china and triple h were a thing for a while so i'll give them that i mean that was, that was great acting by them because they had me hook line and sinker so has anyone got less of a push than Test? Like, no. like he was the, the best specimen, and his they never pushed him. His character was awful. I mean, it was you know, it's almost like putting a huge body and be like, hey, be Adam Burris, and you know, what I mean, it just, it just <laughs> never worked out. It's just awful. Uh, that bad joke's going to transition to my next pick. Um, I'm going to go with face heel turn to lock somebody off. Kind of differently. Uh, WrestleMania is, you know, a huge spectacle every year, and it gets bigger and bigger. The first two didn't take off so well, um, as some or some may not know. Um, you know, you've watched the WWE Network, other stuff like that. They say, oh, 93,000 people were at WrestleMania 3, which was kind of where it took off. Uh, that's actually incorrect. There was probably like 70,000, but that's just what they'll tell you to say. Attendance was boosted up. Leading into that, uh, there were two huge faces in the – in the WWF at that time, there was Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan. Uh, Hulk Hogan obviously was the big, huge face. Uh, Andre the Giant was also the lovable character that had never lost. So they actually gave them each two trophies at one point. Uh, a week before, they gave Hulk Hogan this huge, you know, icon trophy. They, then they gave Andre the Giant a smaller, undefeated trophy, and that really upset him. At um, in you know, eventually that do his heel turn. What eventually happened was Andre the Giant uh, chose Bobby Heenan, who was known as a as a heel, as his manager. Uh, Hogan confronted him, and you know that led to the WrestleMania three main event, and that's when WrestleMania really kicked off. Everybody will remember Hulk Hogan, you know, body slamming Andre the Giant there uh, to, to to win the or to retain the title. So my heel turn to get him on my team will be Andre the Giant. It's a good one. That's a great pick, and this just shows um, Schilling's expertise. I mean, everybody knows who Andre the Giant is, but we just heard this whole backstory about him in WrestleMania three, and WrestleMania three we were like two. So uh, <laughs> that was that was great, Shill. This is why we have you on the podcast, and, and I, I love it. Perfect, perfect, great two picks. So we're back to me, and my last pick was DX. And I'm going and I mentioned this wrestler in not only DX but also the Love Square. And I'm gonna go with my manager here as the recently deceased China. Wow. And I think again that's a sleeper for a few reasons. Because number that's one, a beach. 
That's I don't know if that's a reach because I'll tell you why. She was not only the eighth one of the world as a wrestler. Okay, so she was the first woman to ever hold the Intercontinental Championship, but also she was a manager. She was heavily involved. She got screwed over by Vince McMahon at the end of her career with the WWE, and I think that she is worthy of being a fifth round pick, like I just took her at. So, if you think she's a reach, go screw yourself. <laughs> I, I, have, I have not a lot to say about her. I've, let's just say I've seen her work, and uh, <laughs> I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> okay, so my turn. I got two here. Um, oh boy, I know. I want to take this this situation, but I don't know if it's too early. But I'm going to go anyway. I'm going to go with romance, kind of the way uh, Nick did with his his locking up a guy who might be somebody else's favorite. I'm going to go with my romance of Edge and Alita, and here's why. Um, Ooh. He had he had won the championship at – oh, I wrote it down uh, – on January 8th at New Year's Re- uh, Revolution and on Monday Night Raw the next day. They said in the very opening that they were going to celebrate the championship with a live sex celebration in the ring. <laughs> and I remember watching this thing happen. I wasn't really watching wrestling during that time in college, but I remember tuning into that. And they had the biggest, heaviest, uh, and my roommate called it a duvet, and I learned what a duvet was at that moment, uh, blanket. And they were throwing underwear out onto the, the canvas, and it was, it was pretty funny. But uh, Lita was hot. She was definitely hot. She had tats. I loved it. And I'm going to go with that as my romance. So I'm locking up Edge, and I got the uh, the romance angle. So I'm going to take That's them. great. That's great. You stole I mean, you stole my number one tag team. I was going to go with Christian and Edge. Okay. So good, good work. Great work. All right, go with that. And then for my follow-up to that, I'm going to go actually to heel turn. Now, this is my favorite heel turn for a couple of reasons. Number one, these two guys were a tag team together, and they weren't the Rockers. They were probably the most powerful tag team in the 80s called the Mega Powers, Hulk Hogan and Macho Man Randy Savage. Wow. Macho no, Man, you, you, can't do, you can't do that. Whoa, you whoa, can't whoa. do that. No, 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 no. I haven't even got oh. to the story. I'm just going yeah, through the story. You better get to the story. I'm not liking so, it so far. Miss Elizabeth was managing this, this, this team, and for over a year and a half, they slowly moved this story along that – Hulk Hogan may be having a thing with Miss Elizabeth. And then on one night on NBC, not on pay-per-view, on NBC on a Saturday night, those two lost a match and Macho Man lost it backstage and said, you got lion eyes, Hogan. You got lion <laughs> eyes. And, those, and he hit he hit Hogan with a belt right in the face, and that was the end of it. And that turned him heel for I don't know how long. But Macho Man is my far my favorite 80s wrestler and to this day i still love to piss my wife off with impressions of macho man randy savage so i'm gonna go with my sixth pick overall macho man randy savage that was good i mean that was first off your wife should get over it because that was a fantastic (laughs) uh macho man impression and i apologize i came after you a little bit there i apologize i thought you were trying to do the the macho man slash um Hulk Hogan combo, no. and also I'm kind of pissed off because you took away my romance of Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth. So, um, God damn it! Just for the record, I have my top three face heel turns, and we chose all three. So, oh, good, great job, team. Thank you. 
Can, do you guys remember? Uh, I think it was it was SummerSlam when it was the match from hell and the match in heaven, match made in heaven. Yeah, and and Macho Man. You know, it's funny because again, I was eight years old, and I remember telling my dad, like, you know, they're pumping it up is like, and the Macho Man's gonna propose to Miss Elizabeth, and I remember saying to my dad, like, Dad, like. But they're telling us what's going to happen. She's going to know, right? And he's like, Luke, it's it's fake. Don't be a fucking idiot. And um, and then I remember him being on his knees, like mm, Elizabeth, Elizabeth. And he like kept on saying, like, dude, just get to the friggin' point. Just you know, ask if you're going to. Re-. And my dad just sitting there next to me is like, Luke, he's really nervous. He's really nervous. So again, it's either great acting by these guys, or I was just a really stupid child growing up. I'm I'm probably gonna go with a very stupid child. Yeah, I was I was a dumb kid growing up. Elizabeth, will you marry me? <laughs> Perfect. So yeah, am I up now? It is your pick. Yes, it is. I'm not gonna lie, I'm feeling like real a little bit because I'm about four beers deep right now, so things are going going a little slow for me. So Sunday um, fun day at the Luke House. Exactly. <laughs> the Luke House. Good one. Good one. Um, all right, so let's take a look at my. So I got my face. Okay, so I haven't picked my champion yet. And I'll admit it, I, I this guy's a newer guy, so I haven't watched a ton of him um, because I don't watch wrestling as much as I wish I could. Uh, my wife makes fun of me. However, she does watch Total Di- she does watch Total Divas. So now I'm like, hey, let's watch wrestling. She goes, oh, it's awesome. I love wrestling so much. I'm like, no, you don't, but okay. Um, so with my champion... I'm going to go with probably – I'm going to say that, that Schilling is going to think this is a pretty unpopular choice. Um, but I'm going with John Cena as my champion. I think that he is just he's, – he's, everybody loves him. Well, all the kids love him. Um, you can't see me, okay? The guy is freaking jacked. He does wear jean shorts or jorts, so I'm not a big fan of that. But um, the guy is in the – he's also in the conversation, obviously, for, for Icon. I mean, if you think about he was my the, choice, the, how do you not take him there? Well, I took him, so take that. Um, if you think about the mid two thousands and and early twenty tens, I guess you want to call it. When you think wrestling, you think Cena. I mean, you could think Brock Lesnar, but I think Cena has the longevity. He's been the champion. He's he's the face of the WWE, um, and that's that's really who they're marketing both the kids and I think they're trying with adults and Shelly, you can kind of comment on this a little bit here and there. I'm sure you have some choice words about Cena. Um, but I think that at this point in the sixth round, that's like getting, you know, an Adrian Peterson coming off of an ACL surgery. It's just, you're going to get great value. You know, you're going to get production in the sixth spot, which is fantastic. It's like Tom Brady so. after a four game suspension. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Which I, I, I can't, <laughs> Uh, when it comes to Cena, there's a couple of different things. First of all, he's 15 time champion. Um, a lot of these people, once they get big, they'll take stretches off. He does not do that. He's, he's on, on roll every week unless he's had an injury. And the thing with him is I think they eventually wanted to make him a heel at some point, uh, kind of like Hogan with NWO or stuff like that. But I'd have to look it up, but he, you know, look up his Make a Wish. How oh many God. people John Cena do Make a Wish? He's like double the person in second. So his hands are kind of tied with how creative they can get with his character. So he is a baby face and will always be a baby face. And there's nothing he can do about it or the WWE. So it's kind of a you know lose lose situation. 
he'll still get everybody under 13 chant his name. He'll probably get every female chant his name, but us that really like it, you know, we're kind of tired of it, but you know, I kind of understand where, where he, he's kind of stuck in the WWE is kind of stuck with, you know, his character at this point. I love Shill, for, oh, go ahead, Shill, for all the listeners out there. Um, and not just the sex bots that follow us on Twitter. Um, <laughs> can, can you explain, can you explain the difference between a, uh, a face and a baby face? Um, I mean, there's a lot of overlap. Um, usually they say the baby face is the number one face in the company. You know, he can do no wrong and he, you know, he's always going to be the face. It's kind of where Daniel Bryan was at last year. Um, right now they're trying to push Roman Reigns to be that baby face and it hasn't worked out. And as much as Vince McMahon and, you know, creative, the, the creative company will try to shove it down our face. He's not a face. He's not the baby face. Uh, that's more Dean Ambrose now, and that's kind of why, you know, they're not really taking off right now because they're trying to force a face on the people when they really don't want a face. So, I mean, there's a lot of overlap on that, but for the most part, the baby face can do no wrong, and it's the number one. And, uh, you know, Daniel Bryan's a very good example of what that should look like from last year. And, you know, this year, we, we you know, we really don't have one. And, you know, if I had to choose it, you know, I'd push Dean Ambrose to be that baby face. But right now they're pushing Roman Roman Reigns. And it's not working out too well. Yeah. And, and personally, I don't watch a ton of current wrestling. Um, but when I do and I do see Dean Ambrose, I, I personally I don't get it. I don't I don't like his character. I think he's pretty boring. I mean, he does he does do the hardcore matches, but it's just he doesn't have that je ne sais quoi, if I may. So that's my personal opinion, though. <laughs> I went there. So, all right, you got another pick there. Or actually, you're on to your pick, Shill. You're up on two. Uh, I got two get, here, and I get you know, two. I think we're at the point now where we're going to start uh, probably reaching or you know, kind of going off the board. Um. I'm actually going to go to gimmick next. Um, and the, the reason I kind of category, you know, categorize it as a gimmick is the undertaker was the biggest, baddest thing around. And during the attitude era, they really did a very good, uh, job of pushing this guy towards, you know, being his brother and this and that. So I'm going to take my best gimmick as undertaker's brother Kane. Ooh. Well, that next Okay. So that, that makes my hill picks. The Kane storyline to me is one of the weirdest uh, mainstream guys they've ever done. There's there's been some very odd things that they've tried to pull off with the whole Kane character. Deaths of people he allegedly murdered more than just his parents. Um, there's been a lot of very odd choices with him. I think my favorite version of him was when he's being the goofy guy in a suit. Late in his career, Cor- corporate Kane. Yes, corporate Kane. I think is is hilarious. Um, <laughs> that or the very early version of him when he was just an absolute monster, and uh, he was done being uh, Dwight Yoakam DDS was his original <laughs> character, and he went from the dentist with terrible teeth to uh, being the mask guy who talked to the voice modulator. But good choice. Yeah, well, and, 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 and real quick, more here. Sorry, go ahead, Luke. Sorry about that. So real quick about Kane too, that remember <laughs> when we talked about like as kids, like, Oh, that's really racist. Like Tatanka, who was just a uh, Indian <laughs> native American running down going, Whoa. I mean, it's like, Oh, brutal. Well, remember they call Kane the big red R word. And 
if you try to bust out that word in 2016, you're getting eviscerated. And back in, you know, the late 90s, early 2000s, the R word was just flown freely on national TV talking about one of the wrestlers. So it's it's crazy the stuff they got away with. And, and if they tried to get away with the same stuff now in 2016, it just ain't happening. So no. I just want to throw that little nugget in there. I forgot about that. No, no, I, I totally agree with that. Well, and, you know... I just drew a blank. We can edit that out, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. We won't, just for that sake. No, we won't. <laughs> damn, damn, damn. All right. Um, my next pick on the wraparound, uh, probably going to reach again. I'm actually, uh, just to lock this guy up because he's probably on your list, I'm going to take the tag team of the Hardys. Ooh. That's a good one. They were the first known high flyers, and you know nowadays what they they really try to push these high flyer high flyers, the ones that really can't uh, speak on the mic and that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, really the Hardys started that along with you know being part of that hardcore era as well. And they're still, I mean, they're still flying around in the independent circuit too. I see some random videos every now and again. That's just it's just amazing that these guys are still able to put this pressure on their body. That's I mean, they're flying off of, off a ladder thirty feet up into a wooden table, and and you can consistently do that. It's amazing, it's you unreal. Can, you can get back with the Hardys too. The whole uh, my pick of Edge and Lita was actually um, a real life situation because she was dating, I believe it was Matt Hardy for a while, and uh, broke up and started dating um, Edge for real. And and there was real animosity on in the ring between those two when they were fighting. So that's a little bit of your total divas taking stuff out onto the uh, squared circle there, Luke. So make yeah. sure you bring that up with your wife next time. She's like, well, I don't want to watch wrestling. Well, all right. So let's see here. Let's crack open another beer. Um, going with the finest kind of IPA. We're turning up to a 10 right now. So, um, again, a New Hampshire brew. So if you ever try, uh, want to try a nice New England brew, try the Smutty Nose Finest Kind IPA. It's fantastic. Burst will attest to that. Absolutely. Um, so I'm not a huge fan of this pick, but I got to go with it. Um, I've already used my face, even though there's another guy I really want to use it on. I might have to wait on that. Um, but I'm going to go with my heel here and I'm going to go with Scott Hall, AKA Razor Ramon Chico. Which one are you taking? Uh, Razor Ramon. Oh, Razor Ramon. I'm just using it. I was using his real name first. Uh, <laughs> I liked Razor Ramon's character a lot more. I think because he was WWF made me – I never really watched WCW all that much. I was more of a WWF guy. Okay. So so I'm going to go with Razor Ramon. Uh, I, I love nothing more than the, the toothpick throw after he was done talking with Mean Gene Okerlund in his promos. He was never a great um, – Mike guy, but he was pretty good. He was entertaining. He had a fake Cuban accent. So I think uh, having Razor Ramon as my heel keeps me pretty strong. He's a championship wrestler. He always did well. Right now, he's not doing so hot. He can barely walk. But, um, you know, that's that's the price you pay, I guess, for being a WWE wrestler. Absolutely. He, he was inducted to the Hall of Fame, so he's doing something right. He's on that DDP yoga. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually really upset I had him as my mid-carder. I did too. He was on my list. 
and he was going to come up. Uh, what he did at WrestleMania was at ten. That ladder match against Shawn Michaels. Yep, is supposedly you know one of the best matches of all time. So I was actually waiting for him to come around for my uh, for the wraparound. I was going to take him as my mid Carter because I don't I don't believe he was ever champion. Uh, just Intercontinental champion a lot. Was it, yeah. okay? What? Yeah, I wasn't. I always thought he might have won. Let's see, two, no, two time world champion. Oh wait a minute, though. Yeah. That's that's WWC. So that means shit. Um, <laughs> I think yeah, in WWF he was probably the Intercontinental, and I can yeah, Intercontinental from ninety three ninety six. Main event push from ninety two ninety three, but he never he never did get the the title. So, um, I still think hey, you know the, one of the best catchphrases ever is "Say hello to the bad guy." I mean, you gotta love that stuff. So, I still toss toothpicks at the hostess station when I leave restaurants. <laughs> hey, uh. <laughs> all right, Burris, who you got? Um, I feel like I'm about to take like the first tight end after Gronkowski here, and I might be reaching. But I'm going to go with uh, a manager, um, and not China. I'm going to go with the best manager. When I think of managers, I think of annoying heels. I think of loudmouth guys, and I think about a guy who did the work in WWE and in WCW. I'm going to go with Bobby the Brain Heenan. Mm -hmm. Let's run down this list of guys he managed. King Kong Bundy, Andre the Giant, like you mentioned, Nick. Ravishing Rick Rude, Mr. Perfect, the Brooklyn Brawler, Ric Flair, Lex Luger, and he did a CM Punk run at the end. Um, he also dropped a great F-bomb once uh, in when he was announcing for WCW. Somebody grabbed him from behind and ended up being Brian Pillman, the wrestler, and he just screamed, Who the f- is this? And it was live. It was on TV. It was on uh, – it got broadcast on TNT at the time, which is pretty funny. So I'm going to go Bobby the Brain Heenan for my manager. And then I'm going to come back and stay in WCW and go with my icon. Um, this guy recently was the only guy to never sell out to the WWE, never changed over. And I think you might know what I'm talking about. He was a WCW only guy from 87 to 2002, the ultimate babyface. And when he became that, you know, the crow version of himself and would hide up in the rafters that spoke to a brooding middle schooler like myself in a way that can't be described other than a taking back Sunday album. I'm going to go with the stinger, um, as my icon. And I have to say his little WWE run may have been, you know, a little too little too late, but it was still pretty cool. It was nice to see him. And, um, I, I think I got two strong picks there. What do you think? Two things real quick. You mentioned Lex Luger. And I don't know if you've seen pictures of Lex Luger now oh, in 2016, but he, he looks like maybe a third of what he weighed back in when he was wrestling in the early 90s. So I think he might have been on steroids, but I'm not I sure. I think he may have. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, also with Sting, again, not being a WCW guy, I never really watched him all that much. However, he's Sting. You know who he is. And when he went right, when he turned into the crow badass with a bat, um, that was just really entertaining to watch, especially when uh, he he come from the rafters on the the pulley system. I really liked watching that. So I think those are two great picks. Heenan's got a lot of longevity. Sting is essentially, I mean, he's the Stone Cold, he's the Rock, he's the Hulk Hogan of WCW. So that's a great pick face. this late in the draft. Ween, that's a great you, pick this late. How did you manage Nitro and Raw on at the same time on Mondays? What was your plan usually? I just I just flipped around. I, I found myself mostly sticking to Raw, but uh, 
you know, I just flip back and forth. But uh, to go back on your picks, value-wise, I think Grilly's pick of Cena and your pick of Sting are the best values thus far that we've had in this draft. So I really do like the Sting pick. Uh, Bobby Heenum's one of my top three managers. I'm the only one that hasn't picked a manager yet, and I'm kind of stuck between the two that I want to choose. So I'll probably get into that a little bit I'm, later. I'm so glad we're recording this because I've never heard Nick say that I took a great value <laughs> pick in my entire life. So I, that really means a lot to me. Thank you, Nick. No problem, man. <laughs> it, it, it's the vodka and tonic. It's not really me talking. <laughs> um, all right. So, you know, we have one, two, three, five picks left with the last one being our personal favorite. And we all we're all picking personal favorites at the end. So really we have four picks left until we try to find the best value. So I'm, I'm really struggling because a lot of these picks, I feel like they're more, they're kind of like Homer picks in the sense that I just really like them growing up and they're probably not great value. It's like me. If I took, you know, Chris Hogan in the seventh round this year, cause he's a Patriot. Um, so I guess, okay, with my tag team, no, you know what? I'm not going to go tag team yet. I'm going to go with arguably, and, and I'm using this strategy of, I want to get this person on my team because she was not only a great manager, but also uh, a quote unquote great wrestler at the time. Um, but I want Sable and Mark Marrow as the romance. Well uh, I mean, Sable, I think, is a lot of the reason why guys our age went through puberty. Um, she was just smoking hot. And I'll never, we'll never forget, obviously, the, the scene where she had the black handprints on her bosoms. Um, Bazongas. <laughs> the puppies. On national TV. The puppies, yes, the puppies. That was it. And, of course, there was the, the tasteful spread that she did for Playboy. Uh, multiple times so i think that when it comes to when you think of you say tasteful by the way yes very tasteful very tasteful very tasteful uh she was in the shower i believe um not that i read for read for the articles never so um but you know late 90s early 2000s when you think of female wrestlers you think of stable and and fun fun fact she's actually uh married to brock lesnar now which I thought it was kind of weird because she's been out of the limelight for a while and she's about 15 years older than him, but she is still somewhat relevant and married to, to Brock Lesnar. But at the time, her and Mark Merrow were a, a real life couple and an on-screen couple. Um, and, you know, I just remember going into middle school and being, oh, dude, did you see Sable last night? Oh, she's so hot in that black leather thing she had going. So when, when you think of good looking chicks from the WWE or WWF at the time in the Attitude Era, you think, Sable, and that's that's my choice for romance. I, I, I can't argue with that. Um, Jerry the King Lawler is best known for, you know, show me the puppies, and that's probably the only thing meaningful he's done other than scream and yell at every telecast. So <laughs> well done there. All right, I am up. Um, I don't know how anybody else is going to take him, but I'm going to take my, uh, my heel right now. Uh, it's going to be a little off the cusp, I guess. Um, the number one heel of all time, in my opinion, is Vince McMahon. Oh, wow. Ooh. If you, um, you know, think of when, you know, the war was going on WCW, it was Stone Cold versus Vince McMahon that kept it going. And 
we haven't mentioned this yet, but the Montreal screw job is yeah. probably one of the other well-known things. And that was him. He looked the greatest, you know, uh, Bret Hart was kind of on his way out. You know, there was rumors of him taking the title to WCW and he didn't, uh, because obviously, um, Shawn Michaels put Bret Hart in this sharpshooter. So that's one of those, uh, well-known moments in that. And I think Vince, Vince McMahon's willingness to be humiliated on TV, um, is the reason why I think he's number one heel. He's, you know, he was covered in feces. He was shot with a cannon, just numerous things over and over again. So my heel is actually the owner, uh, Vince McMahon. So well, I don't take there. Well, and, and the best part of Vince McMahon, I think we forget sometimes is for the longest time he was the announcer. So whenever you go back on the WWE Network and listen to the old school WrestleManias or SummerSlam, like the instant that they show the crowd, you just hear, oh, we're live from WrestleMania! <laughs> <laughs> and, and I love that about him. I mean, the guy just like, it was the most aggressive, over-the-top voice ever. He had a great and, call. Uh, great call. Great call. So I think that we that's a great pick with uh, with Vince McMahon, not only as a heel because with the whole feud with Stone Cold, but also the intangibles that he brought with the announcing. So that was a great pick. Great value pick there. All right. Uh, my next pick, I think the mid-carter is going to go off the board right now, so let me snag one. Um, I really wanted Razor Ramon, so I'll take probably the next best one that really never got, never got pushed to winning title after title after title. And I'm going to take, rest in peace, Mr. Perfect. Oh, Kurt Hennig. Unfortunately, his son is stuck in purgatory and is <laughs> awful, but... You know, that's where we are. But, uh, yeah, Mr. Perfect is me. Um, uh, Execution-wise, other than Brett Man Hart, he's most known to be the, the, you know, the second best at all the moves, which I think is overrated. I think you need to be good with the mic, which 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 he was very good with. So as my mid-card, I'm going to take Mr. Perfect. I like that pick. That is a great pick. And also Mr. Perfect had great jerry curls, and just the, the grease in this here is fantastic. All right, Luke, you are up. All right, so we'll we'll continue the trend with a mid card guy, and this wrestler was one of my favorite wrestlers growing up because I loved his submission move because I could do it whenever I wrestled my father as a child. Um, that came off real weird, but don't worry about it. Um, I, I loved the British Bulldog, and he had the full Nelson that was just one of those big moves that was pretty easy to do. He, he also had Winston, the dog, the, the English bulldog, and I have a French bulldog. So I'm a little, I don't know. I just always, always liked the British bulldog. And then he went through that phase though, where he had the cornrows and I thought that was a pretty bad decision by him, <laughs> but he was also one of those guys who he was always, he was just always kind of there and, and kind of like Mr. Perfect. He never got the title push that some of the other guys did, but he was always in the runnings for intercontinental title. Um, He's a pretty good technical wrestler. He was part of the Hart family. Uh, he was married to one of the um, one of the Hart daughters, I believe. So uh, another guy, rest in peace. Uh, steroids did him in and caused him to have a heart attack in the mid forties. So, uh, but my pick for mid card guy is a British Bulldog. Rest in peace. It's pretty good. I was uh, Davy Boy Smith. I like uh, yes. I like me some British Bulldog. I'm gonna go. With my um, mid-carder as well here, I'm going to go with a guy who was over with the ECW crowds first, brought that to WWE, 
and is still to this day one of the most popular guys if he uh, shows his face around is Rob Van Dam. Huge, huge move set, very technical, high flyer, but also one of the craziest flexible persons I've ever, or people I've ever seen besides Jean-Claude Van Damme. Uh, maybe that's where you got the Van Damme thing from. I've seen him do those like splits with in between two chairs, and oh my god, this guy was unbelievably athletic. So I'm going to go Rob Van Dam there, my mid-carder. Um, RVD, and then for my gimmick, this one's a little bit out there, and I think it's more of a... Shout out to one of our good friends, uh, Russ Phillips, is Erwin <laughs> R. Scheister. I-R-S, baby. The only guy who would not only beat your ass, but he'd also check to make sure if all your taxes were done correctly. Um, I thought it was hilarious going through some of the 80s hilarious gimmicks. Um, you had guys dressed like policemen and Mounties from Canada. You had guys as trash can um, or trash collectors. You had guys named after natural disasters like you mentioned before but then you had a guy dressed in a, a uh, short shirt and t- uh, short sleeve shirt and tie he had the pocket protector and glasses <laughs> and, and he had suspenders too and suspenders yeah I, and i loved him i thought it was hilarious so i'm gonna go with those two as my for my picture okay okay i like those um all right so i'm gonna hold off on gimmick because i'm fine with my next Three guys I have on my list. None of them, none of them been taken because I thought more. Let's look at gimmick versus the actual talented wrestler. I looked at what was more impressive, the gimmick or the wrestler. So, um, but I will grab this tag team and I will preface it with, Ooh, what a rush! Legion of Doom, Hawk and Animal, some of my bad. favorite wrestlers growing up. I don't know if it was because they wore shoulder pads with spikes on them. I thought they looked pretty badass or they had the cool face paint. But I loved Legion of Doom growing up. They always battled groups like the Nasty Boys for the title. Uh, in the mid-90s, you, or early 90s to mid-90s, you could really do no better for a tag team than the Legion of Doom. Maybe the Hart Foundation, but I really, but I couldn't take the Hart Foundation because Bret Hart was off the board. So um, at this point, Legion of Doom, a multiple-time um, tag team champion I think I got pretty good value for him So I'm happy with that Kick it wrong there No I totally agree I, I had them as my number one tag team I just wanted to grab the Hardys Because I figured somebody else was going to grab Matt Hardy But you know, that, you know That's a really good pick there I know <laughs> Yeah I know Thank you <laughs> Alright All Shell, so. Who do you got all right, I'm going to go – well, we're down to the last two. So I'm going to go with my faction or group. Uh, look at my list here. DX and NWO is off the list. Um, so some of the other ones I thought of taking are uh, one of my personal favorites, The Brood, which uh, was Gangrel oh. and Edge and Christian when they first started off. Evolution was, was also a very good one with uh, – who was that? Ric Flair, Randy Orton. Batista. Uh, Batista and – Trips. Yes, yes, yes. But I'm going to go with the Nation of Domination. Oh. <laughs> For real? Why, why you ask? I am a huge D'Lo Brown fan. Yes, Not you rock. You know, I am a huge D'Lo, you know, D'Lo Brown fan. So I will take the Nation of Domination as my faction slash group. Uh, four Horsemen, I think, are overrated. Plus, we're too young for them, so... I kind of left them off my list as well. But, uh, you know, newer ones are the Shield and Nexus, but 
uh, the Shield didn't last too long, and now they've all taken off very well in their individual careers. So I don't see them as a huge uh, group or faction since the three of them have really taken off. We will flip over to manager. And uh, my top three coming in was Bobby the Brain Heaton. I actually didn't think of China as a manager. So uh, good job by you, Luke, for thinking of that. Thank you. I'm between two people here. Uh, when I said coming in that I really love people on the mic, Paul Heyman is number three on my list behind CM Punk. Nice job. And CM Punk and uh, The Rock. But actually, I'm going to choose my manager since I already have them. I might as well, you know, load them up. I'm, you know, stack stack teams like I'm in DraftKings. Since I have the Undertaker and Kane, I will take Paul Bear as my manager. Oh, Undertaker! Oh, Nick, you fixed me. <laughs> How about this? My elementary school gym teacher looked like Paul Bear. And one day I asked him that, and he goes, Thank you very much! <laughs> and I had to change my underwear. Um, <laughs> I mean, Paul okay. Bear is a great pick. He's a great pick there. And the Nation of Domination is fantastic, too. And I have to mention, you know, part of our... Um, what we're going to do is in the last pick, we're going to have the theme songs for all of our favorite wrestlers. And I was going to choose a gentleman from the Nation of Domination, and I'm just going to play his theme song real quick here. No, that is D'Lo Brown. Um, huge steal. By Shell there, stealing my favorite wrestler. Oh, no. I mean, <laughs> I mean, well, it was between him and another guy, so I'm happy I'll be able to use the other guy. But, I mean, the fact that there's somebody else in this world that really likes D'Lo Brown just blows my mind. I, I love D'Lo. I, and I think part of the reason why I like D'Lo Brown was because I loved his theme song so much. And this was back in the days of – he was uh, back in the days of when they released the um, the theme songs on, on CD. Yeah. So – um, that's kind of why I started liking D'Lo Brown. Then I started watching him and Mark Henry, and it was just a, an absolute blast. But I got a kick out of you choosing the Nation of Domination and mentioning D'Lo Brown as one of your favorite wrestlers. So it's by um, the sole reason. By the what? It's by the sole reason I chose them. To be okay. Well, well, there you go. Perfect. Um, <laughs> D'Lo Brown. Uh, all right. So. On to me. Uh, we're on to my last pick, and I had to choose my gimmick here. So I, I really have three options here because, like I said, I, you know, Schilling took Kane, Burst took IRS, and I guess I'll mention all three of my options and I'll talk it out and I'll try to figure out what I think is number one because they're all tied for one. The first option is Hacksaw Jim Duggan, just being like oh. the, the, the stupid American who really wasn't a good wrestler, but everybody loved him. And then you had a million dollar man, Ted, Ted DiBiase, who was just, you know, everybody has a price. I'm going to make my own million dollar belt. I have Virgil, who's my de facto slave, which is kind of awkward <laughs> if you look at it now. That's cool. um, and I love, cool. I loved Virgil too, as his own standalone wrestler. And then the final option for me is the Godfather and his Ho train. And I'm leaning towards the Godfather and the Ho train because Again, so absolutely ridiculous. We're talking about a pimp who has prostitutes, and a bunch of middle schoolers are watching this. But also, um, the same wrestler was Papa Shango, and I'll never forget when Papa Shango made the Ultimate Warrior puke on command because the Ultimate yes. Warrior can puke on command. So 
Uh, I guess in the end, I'm going to go with the Godfather and the Ho Train as my favorite gimmick. It, it just doesn't get any more ridiculous than than a wrestler who's also a pimp. That's a great, great choice. Great pick. I, I can't argue with the Godfather. Let's be honest. I was t- oh, and, and, and actually, I think Papa Shango was better. You know, I like that so much better than the Godfather. But I'm more of a heel person than uh, than most people. Right. Well, you're, you're a miserable prick, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm last here with the final tag team pick, and if you would have told me with my last pick I would be getting these two guys, I'd be ecstatic. Um, from ECW, I'm going to take Devon and Bubba Ray, the Dudley boys, oh, and yeah. we're going to get the tables, and we're going to close out this draft in a, in a big way. It's a great pick. I, I was looking at them for my favorite tag team, Um Again, they were kind of in the era where I didn't watch as much. So Legion of Doom spoke to me more than the Dudley Boys did. But, uh, yeah, Dudley Boys, great pick. Great pick. All right. I'm also shocked the New Age Outlaws were not picked by one of you two. Maybe, maybe that's just me. I, th- I thought for sure they were coming off the board. Now, there. Were, they, not- were they an actual team that could wrestle, or they just had one of the best introductions that who have ever well, been in wrestling? I mean, it's pretty I clear. I they were. I believe they were five-time champions, and you know when it comes to mic work, you can't get any better than uh, the Road Dog. Shout out Matt Moner. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I thought of them. I was never a huge fan of them. I was more when it came to DX. I was more of an Xbox fan, aka One Two Three Kids. I like, yeah, I, I know, I know, it's stupid, right? Um, Shawn Michaels fan. I, I always thought that the Road Dog and Badass Billy Gunn were kind of just their own separate thing. I, I never loved them. I never loved them. So. All right. Wow. So we all have our picks, um, but of course we're going to come down to the most important, and we're going to go with the guys who haven't been picked yet, uh, our most favorite. So, Burris, I'll let you go ahead and pick your first, your your favorite, because you're next on the list. So go ahead. Who you got? <laughs> Dirt ball. You're a dirt ball. Total dirt ball. <laughs> the namesake of my fantasy football team, simply ravishing, ravishing Rick Rude. I actually already had that written out before you even picked it. So. <laughs> nobody, nobody embarrassed, nobody embarrassed another wrestler the way that ravishing Rick Rude did. I'm gonna turn this music down. He not only would wear tights that had airbrushed pictures of other wrestlers uh wives on them or like women he <laughs> conquered in that city before um he would make out with with female fans uh he would bring them in to the ring and, and make out with them uh, i i remember being blown away as a young man saying this guy's got it he's got it and he was a heel i love the sweat throw thing he did it was almost like scott hall or razor ramon before that guy even knew who he was um, and so that's why the name of my fantasy football team for the past three years has been just simply ravishing. I'm going to go with so, that. Also one and, of the best mustaches in the game. Absolutely. But, Shill, you can probably – ravishing Rick Rude never won a championship, right? No. Doesn't matter. No, okay, doesn't so matter. that makes perfect sense for why he's Burris's fantasy football team name. So we got that <laughs> on the board. So. Um, yeah, I mean, that wasn't surprising. Whatever. Rick Rude, one of the most – forgettable people in wrestling uh i don't have 
any this guy who I'm going to choose right now is probably one of the most memorable people in wrestling. And uh, here's his, here's his theme song. Do you feel it? Obvious pick. Oh yeah. Oh. Take it all in. Take it all in. Whose matches lasted? By God. Less? By Him God. Or that is the, that is the music of the ultimate warrior. Yes. Raise your hand the if you had an warrior. ultimate warrior pillow. Uh, I'm, I'm raising my hand. My I was up. also the ultimate warrior for Halloween, I think, in second grade. My mom hand-sewn a whole, like, muscular little body pillow thing that I wore. I had the paint. I had the wig. Um, I didn't need the wig because, again, I had a mullet, so I was pretty much <laughs> close to having the same hair as the ultimate warrior, and I'll tweet that picture out later. But, I mean, the fact that ultimate warrior was not picked as a face or was not picked as a champion – Absolutely blows my mind. And the fact that I got him in the last round just shows that you guys are absolute idiots. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the, the Ultimate Warrior held the, the Intercontinental Championship and the World Championship at the same time. The guy, there's nothing better than when he would run out with his custom uh jackets that had whatever fight it was. I remember when he fought Hogan for the championship, he had Hogan and him spray painted onto the jacket. Uh, he always had the the big makeup. He was absolutely jacked, and he he literally took um, a cycle of steroids the instant before no, he ran out no. to the allegedly before Bless. he ran out to the to the ring. But I mean, he's he's almost iconic. I think when you think of early '90s wrestling, you think of the Ultimate Warrior. So I'm absolutely thrilled to get him here as my personal favorite and. He, he legitimately is my personal favorite wrestler. I know we talked D'Lo Brown. That was more of a, um, uh, a guilty pleasure, if I may. Uh, but when it comes down to my ultimate or my favorite wrestler, it's, it was the Ultimate Warrior. I liked him more than Hulk Hogan growing up. I just, I'm, I'm very happy to get him here. It's a good pick. That is, so with, with, actually, I had that teed up, so I actually have to pick another theme song. Oh, yes, and you killed him uh-huh. with the take. Good job. Uh-huh. So... My second favorite wrestler of all time. Let me see if I can get this going now since I had to tee up a different one. Thank you, Luke. You're welcome. Oh, I love that you just Montreal screwjobbed them out of this pick. (laughs) All right, since my Ultimate Warrior pick was taken, uh, here's my personal favorite pick. (laughs) Feel dirty just listening to this. This doesn't want to make you just want to get a towel and stick around in the bathtub. Oh my god. Val Venus, that's your choice. <laughs> and, and and you can you can just see the, the on the jumbotron the screw going in. <laughs> the yeah, the innuendos were just nonstop. <laughs> he had the towel, he had just the sweat. I mean, it was just like we get it. Your penis is back there. Your name is a uh, innuendo for your wiener. So, Nick, um, your favorite wrestler had uh, <laughs> his his. How did they say? It? I think they said they choppy choppied his wee wee. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that? Burns, <laughs> my nickname's Ween. How, how <laughs> I'll be the best wrestler. It all makes sense now. It all makes sense. It does. Um, 
So tell us, Ween, uh, <laughs> explain to us why Mel Venus is one of your favorite wrestlers. I, I first of all, you know, I, I love the mid Carters, the ones that didn't get pushed enough. He was one of them. You know, we, we mentioned a lot of them. Mr. Perfect, uh, Burst mentioned Rod Van Dam, the British Bulldog, didn't get pushed enough. A lot of the other mid Carters that uh, kind of sent me that didn't get pushed up is one of my personal favorites. Luke, I think it's yours as well, is Tatanka. Oh, Tatanka. Yeah. Yes. He, he had that streak for a while. He never, he never lost. <laughs> Big Boss Man. Uh, Love Jeff Big Garrett. Boss Man. Those are some other ones. And, that, you know, when you watch nowadays – Dolph Ziggler is one of the best wrestlers around, and he gets no love whatsoever. The Cleveland guy, so, too. Yeah. Kent State. I think another – another. Um, I mean, Big Boston was great, but another guy who never, never got pushed a lot was Jake the Snake Roberts. Always loved Jake the Snake. And I'll never forget when Earthquake jumped on Damien and killed Damien. I, I, shed a, I shed a tear. It was sad. It was very sad. But, um, hey, guys, I'll tell you what. This is probably one of the more ridiculous things we've done <laughs> in our friendship, <laughs> and I absolutely love it. Uh, I had an absolute blast recording this. Real quick, let's go through each team. Uh, Nick picked first, and we're just going to go down the – I'm not going to go pick by pick, uh, or not in order at least. I'm just going to say who the face was, yada, yada, yada. So, for Nick, his face was Stone Cold Steve Austin. For heel, Vince McMahon. For champion, Ric Flair. For face slash heel turn, Andre the Giant. Tag Team, The Hardy Boys, Icon, The Undertaker, Faction Slash Group, NOD, Mid Carter, Mr. Perfect, Manager, Paul Bearer, Romance, Triple H, and Stephanie, the first couple of WWE pretty much, Best Gimmick, Kane, Personal Favorite, Val Venus. <laughs> um, I picked in the two slot, my face was The Rock, my heel was Razor Ramon, Champion, John Cena, Face slash heel turn, Shawn Michaels. Tag team, Legion of Dune, of Doom. Icon, Hulk Hogan. Faction slash group, DX. Mid Carter, British Bulldog. Manager, China. Romance, Mark Marrow and Sable. Best gimmick, The Godfather. Personal favorite, Ultimate Warrior. And then for Burris, picking third. Face, Goldberg. Heel, CM Punk. Champion, Bret Hart. Face slash heel turn, Macho Man. Tag team, The Dudley Boys. Icon, Sting, Faction slash Group, NWO, Mid Carter, RVD, Manager, Bobby Heenan, Romance, Edge, and Lita, Best Gimmick, IRS, Personal Favorite, Ravishing Rick Rude. So we just had a ton of ridiculous comments about these guys and girls. Um, who do you guys think are our best? Who's the best lineup? Who had the best draft? Who had the best value? If you had to take a look at it, who do you think comes out on top? Nick, Luke, I- or Burris? Uh, Luke, I, I, I think you won, to be totally honest. <laughs> I I'll mean, you have, you know, there's three people picking. You have The Rock, Shawn Michaels, Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, and John Cena. You know, if you if you had rank 15 people, those top five are, you know, way up there. So um, I think you got the best value, Burris. I'm obviously, my team's better than yours. So <laughs> I really myself and Burris, if I had to rank them, uh, you know, you know, value wise, other than staying, you know, you know, Grilly, you really took most of the value. Uh, well, Nick, Nick, as you know, I, I'm all about value in the fantasy football draft. I took Eric Decker in the ninth round last year. Um, and you know, we're, we both have championship pedigree, so it only makes sense that Burris comes in last cause he sucks. So, um, 
I so, anyways, this was this was this was an absolute blast. Uh, Burst. What do you guys say about your team? How do you feel? I feel like my team is the the truest to the fans, but <laughs> but doesn't have the uh, the pedigree of being a champion like you just described. So, I'm going to go back and right. think about my draft tonight. Uh, okay. Well, you know, next time that we do this draft, you can think it over and probably take, make the same mistakes in the draft like you've been doing in our fantasy football draft for the past 12 years right. so um you'll, you'll learn someday but anyways absolute blast nick thank you very much for joining us is there anything you want to pimp out right now no guys it was an absolute pleasure um nick and akron i uh post my plays pretty often i haven't done that quite too much uh in the last couple weeks but i will get on that and uh wrestlemania and all the big pay-per-views you either love WWE and follow me or you unfollow me for three hours as I just <laughs> so excellent so yes on Twitter find Nick Ween Schillig uh, his Twitter handle is at Nick in Akron which is uh, we'll talk about an- another episode I'm sure we'll talk about the history behind that Twitter name I feel like that you called a lot of radio shows and just was a troll and would call Rizzo and yell at him and that's your nickname was Nick in Akron so um, and uh, Burris anything you got to talk about now just look for our pod. Uh, hopefully we'll get an Eastern and Western Conference preview uh, probably tomorrow or Tuesday at the latest. Okay. Okay. Yep. That's the goal. Uh, you can follow Burris on Twitter at Burris40. Follow me on Twitter at lgrilly 88 And, of course, please do follow us, the Never Ending Glory Podcast, on Twitter. You can find us at Glory Podcast. Check us out on Facebook, Never Ending Glory Podcast. Send us your emails. Any topics you want us to talk about, how you felt that we did, how you felt uh, whoever had the best mock draft for wrestlers, negpodcast at gmail.com. And, of course, a companion blog that we just started up. We'll be turning out content left and right, www.negpodcast.com. 